Praise the Lord. All right, so we'll stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Um, we're going to ask that we open our Bibles to the book of Psalms number 23, where we're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 3. Psalms number 23 from verse 1 all the way to verse 3. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be as brief as I can this morning so that we can go to the essence of what God wants us to do this morning, which is to praise him to the fullness thereof. Praise the Lord. We're going to praise God like we've never praised him before so that we can have a great understanding of what God really wants us to do in this season. Amen. Um, Grace Coral did a song on Kadosh. I don't know, you can, I would like that song to be done again just immediately after we, we read these words. Psalms 23 from verse 1 all the way to verse 3. But before we read, I want to ask, does anybody here have prayed to God and your prayers are yet to be answered? Is there somebody in that category that you feel God is yet to answer your prayers? That you ask God sometimes, and it looks as if God has forsaken you. Am I the only one in this place? That you're asking God, you've been doing it for others, when will my turn be? Is somebody in this place that have the same feel and that same testimony? Now the Psalms we are we're going to, about to read uh, explains the same shoe that we are. Someone who prayed to God continually and looking as if God is yet to answer the prayer. In looking as if God is just storing the prayer, but God is not storing any prayer. God is a prayer answering God. This morning we'll understand the mystery in which we can rock the hand of God to speak and to declare on our behalf. And that mystery is embedded in the word praise. Somebody praise the Lord this morning. The Bible says in verse 1, the Lord is my Psalms number 22. I beg your pardon, Psalms number 22, not, verse, number, not 23. Psalms 22 from verse 1 all the way to verse 3. Now, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The prayer is going on. Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Now, this is more of a prayer of supplication. In verse 2, the writer went ahead and said, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime but you do not hear me. That is just only but a feeling. And in the night season, and I am not silent. Is somebody feeling this person this morning? But the person was praying and was saying this supplication in the mind that God may not be answering. God is hearing that the fact that God is not answering doesn't mean he did not hear. But there is something that we will get to understand this morning that truly can rot the hands of God, which is in the power of praise. Today is no better day to speak about the concepts and the mysteries of praise that we may understand that within the next four months before the year runs out, God will answer every prayer in the name of Jesus. The psalmist then says in verse 3, understanding the mystery, he says, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of where of Israel. Now the word holy doesn't mean to be righteous. When you see the word holy most times in the Old Testament is about acknowledging the presence and the power of a person. In this 
context, he was acknowledging the power of a king, which is in this context, which is God. And it says, for you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthronement in this context doesn't mean to make someone king. We're going to see this moment that making enthronement is not making someone king. God is already king. You can't make him king the second time. But you can enthrone him, which means you can make him sit in his throne and make declaration. When a king comes to his throne, his own sole responsibility is to say a word. A king is a king whether he's in the bathroom. A king is a king whether he's in his room. A king is a king whether he's in the garden. But he can't make or say anything whether when he's in those places, he can only make declaration when he sits upon that throne, which is what the word enthronement comes. And the psalmist says, I have now seen that prayer had not been enough, that there is something called praise that can push God to the position of his throne that makes him declare a word that is truly meant for us. And the Bible says you are enthroned in the praises of what his people. This morning God is getting enthroned already and he's going to speak better words for you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Grace Cora, please help us with that song. Kadosh, Kadosh Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh I want you to worship him in the beauty of his holiness. He's the Lamb of God who sits upon the throne. He alone is worthy. seated in the presence of the Lord this morning and so this morning we'll bring you the word that is titled enthroned in praises praise the name of the Lord enthroned in praises like I said this morning I'm going to make it as brief as possible so that we can have more time for our music minister this morning that will lead us in praise to understand how we can enthrone God in our praises amen now this morning, very briefly, we're just going to look at this charge in three dimensions and these three dimensions will reveal to us what it means to enthrone God in praises. Number one, we're going to look at what we call the principle of a kingdom. The principle of a kingdom, if you want to write it down, you can write it down. We're just going to 
look at them very, very briefly so that we understand how God works and how he expects us to come before him in a praise. Number one, the principle of a kingdom. Then we will look in between as well, the principle of lordship. The principle of lordship. And finally, we're going to look at the principle of enthronement. The principle of what? Enthronement. Let me see if we got that right. Number one was what? For those who write, wrote it down, or maybe you had it in your head. The principle of what? The principle of what? The kingdom. Number two, we said the principle of? The principle of lordship. And finally, we said the principle of? enthronement. Let's just look at it very, very briefly so that we'll go to God in praise as soon as we can. Because the Bible did tell us in Philippians 4 verse 6, he says, be anxious for nothing but in everything. He says what? But he says in everything, let your what? Let your prayer be made known unto God with what? With thanksgiving wrapped into it. Be, don't worry about anything. Be, um, he said, be anxious for nothing. Give us the New King James Version. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and what? Supplication. With what? With thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. Oftentimes, when God wants to break barriers that have been on for a long time, sometimes prayer alone doesn't do it. He comes in the form of praise. And that is why when God wanted to bring down the walls of Jericho, the Bible says, and God commanded that the men of war will go before. And then the priests that carried the Ark of the Covenant and the men that blowed horn of rams will go before it. That is a concept of praise that brought down the walls of Jericho. Sometimes we, we like the psalmist in, in Psalms 22, we complain a lot and we supplicate. It is fine to do that. But when things linger, please, when you enter the realm of anxiousness, the only way you can get out of it is to enter again into the realm of praise. Praise can take away any anxiety as you may feel. And God understands that. And that is why he wants us to understand the concept of praise this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you know carefully, our very popular Lord's Prayer. The Bible says, the Lord's Prayer says what? He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Hold it there. First he says, thy kingdom what? Come. There is a word there called kingdom. He says, let thy kingdom come. Let the will of that kingdom be done on earth as it is done where? In heaven. There is a kingdom principle that rules us as Christians within the four walls of being in the commonwealth of Christ. What happens in this kingdom does not necessarily translate that it will happen in the kingdom of the world. And that is why when we teach here, we always specify that this is what rules us within the kingdom of God. And that is why in the world system, if you save a lot of money without giving, the person will likely amass a lot of wealth. Is that correct? But in the kingdom of God, the principles are not the same. The Bible says, he that withholds will do what? Will tend to poverty, but he that giveth will what? Will increase. Can you see how kingdom works? 
So do not think that what we do here, to them, the Bible says, it is foolishness to them that are not within this kingdom. That you give, they do not understand. That's why the scripture says, for they do not understand because the common man, the natural man cannot comprehend what we do. And so first it's good to understand that everything we do within these walls is only but kingdom based. And that is why somebody will hurt you. In this kingdom, we are not expected to hold hurt or grudges. We are expected to do what? To forgive. But outside this kingdom, you are permitted to hold, hold grudges against anybody and nobody will blame you. But within this kingdom, God has told us that there are principles that guide this kingdom. And first and foremost, I just want us to understand that within the walls, God operates in what he called a kingdom principle. Turn to your neighbor and said, kingdom principle. So God operates in what he calls a kingdom principle. And that is why it is first important we understand how a kingdom works. For every kingdom, there will always be a king, a king or a queen. And that is why the king will rule over all. And we're going to, I'm just going to make it fast. I'm just going to merge the kingdom principles and the lordship principle. They all go together. So having understood that the Lord God himself rule within a kingdom principle. The Bible says and God says the heavens is the Lord's but the earth he has given to who? The sons of men. And that is why within the earth realm we have kings on earth. Is that correct? In the Yoruba kingdom we have a king and we call him what? The Oba. So within the world system, we have kings. God doesn't have problem with that. If you go to England, we also have a queen that, that rules over it. If you go to the north, they have the emirs. So what happens? They rule what we call in the kingdom principle the same way God rules. And for every kingdom, what we have seen, that the king will always have what we call a throne. A throne is where the king sits. So when a king sits upon the throne, the king is expected to execute whatever the king pleases. Whatever the king wants, the king pleases. Let me just jump the gun and let me just quickly go to the principles of lordship so that we understand better. Now, if I am a king of a place, it is expected that the king rule in the principle of lordship. When we say the word lord, the word lord actually means to be the owner. So when the king is ruling, he becomes lord of all. Now listen carefully. When he becomes lord of all, which means everything within that kingdom belongs to who? Belongs to what? To who? To the king. If you have a house, for instance, if you have a land, a plot of land, the king in that land owns that land, even though it belongs to you. Because of the principle of lordship, the king can say, take that land from this person and give to the other person. If you build a house on that land, the land belongs to the king, the house also belongs to who? The house also belongs to who? Please understand this concept. If you live in that house, the land belongs to the king, the house belongs to the king, and you also belong to who? If you give birth to 10 children, the land belongs to the king, the house belongs to the king, you and your 10 children belong to who? To the king. That is the principle of what? Of lordship. 
And that is why we need to understand that kings have very great power. And that is why um, we are just here to explain the principle of lordship so that you understand how great power that God has in the life of everybody. If you understand this, then you will understand what it means to enthrone God in every time that you praise him. If you look at the scripture in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 6, as he explained the principle of lordship, there was a story of a woman whose land was taken away from her. And then the Bible says, and she ran to the king. At this time, the king was already on his throne. The king was speaking to Gehazi, and then the woman ran to the king. The Bible says, and when the king asked the woman, she told him all that has happened. And at this point, they have taken the land away from the woman. And the Bible says, and so the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, restore all that was hers can you see the power of a king he doesn't need to consult with anyone that is why when the king sits on that throne everybody before him are waiting for him to speak and the scripture says the king said restore everything that belongs to her and everything was restored according to the word of the lord according to the word of the king and that is why when God says I am God whenever I speak a word it does not return to me void that is a principle of lordship it is impossible that the king of kings will speak a word and it will go and return to him void with this principle therein we know that God has the power to do what to say a thing and it will then will bring it to pass we had a case as well when two women were struggling about a child and Bible says and brought them to, to Solomon and Solomon made a decree and the decree stood as long as the king Solomon had spoken. I'm just going to make it fast now. Now, having understood the principle of kingship and lordship, now we need to understand that for every time a king sits on the throne, there are two things he will do. Number one, he will make a proclamation or a decree. And when he does that, everything the king says will come to pass. But not always will you find a king on the throne. That is what I need you to understand. The king, assuming, assuming the king is in the bathroom and you have a pressing need and you come to the palace... How will you get the king from his bedroom, from the bathroom, or from wherever the king is, and sit him on that throne to make a declaration? And that is why some of us will make a lot of prayers. The least you can have is the prayers waiting for the king to come and answer. God works in the same principle that even though he's a king, he needs first to be enthroned. On that basis of enthronement, therein only will God speak a word. God is God, he's king overall. But have you enthroned him so that he can speak against everything that have raised their heads against you? Every situation will bow to the presence of a king. Every situation will bow in the presence of a what? A king. God has not spoken because we have not enthroned him with our praise. And this morning, God will give us revelation in Jesus' name. And so having understood this, Psalms number 22 verse 3, 
the psalmist having understood that it is not enough for God to be king over all. The Bible says he is king of kings and the Lord of words and the Lord of lords. The question then is, how then can we enthrone God to the position where he sits on his throne and is excited to speak concerning our situation? The concept of praise is the only known channel that a man will sing God to his position to make proclamation unto what he wants God to do. If you can understand the concept of praise, every moment you will sing God to a position that he will speak better things for you. If you understand the concept of thanksgiving, you will leave your wailing sometimes and just burst into praise because therein lies the power to enthrone God in the position to speak. And when God speaks, we know that nothing he says will return to him void in Jesus' name. Now let's look at Psalms 102 verse 12 to verse 13 from the New Living Translation as we gear up to go into another round of praise. As you praise God this time, I want you to understand that you are not praising him just to dance. We are not praising him just to be happy. We are praising him so that we can usher him to where he belongs, which is his throne. The Bible says, but you, O God, will sit on what? On your throne for what? Forever. Does it mean God is not king? He is still king. The Bible says your fame will endure to every generation. Give us the next verse there. Verse 13. Then the scripture says in verse 13, you will what? Arise and what? And have mercy on Jerusalem only when he sits and is enthroned. And our praise will enthrone him so that he will have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Revelation 19 verse 5 give us another, another clarity here. In Revelation 19 verse 5, the Bible says, multimedia help us, Revelation 19 verse 5. The scripture says, and from the throne, from where? From the throne. Did it come from his bedroom? No. Until you sing him to his throne. The Bible says, and from the throne came a voice that said, praise our God, all his servants and all who fear him from the least toward to the greatest. This is a commandment. Is somebody ready to praise God this morning? The Bible says from that throne, God is saying that the least to the greatest must be ready to enthrone him so that his name can be glorified. And this is what God will do when you come to the point of enthronement. Revelation chapter 21 verse 5 as we take our final verse for this morning. Like I said, this is just a chance to gear us up in the moments of the next praise. The Bible says, then he who sat on where? He who sat where? On the throne. The scripture is always specific. When he says that God is sitting on the throne, he did not just find his way there. The scripture tells us that within that space, there are 24 elders singing 247, holy, 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 Adam. The Bible says, and he who sits upon the throne is making this declaration to us, Grace Assembly. Behold, I make all things new, and that shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. We have enthroned him this morning. 
His message for us is, Behold, I make all things what? New. Somebody is going to enthrone God and these very words will become a reality. The Bible says, He who sits upon the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write for these words are true and are faithful. That shall be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are ready to praise God, why don't you rise to your feet and this moment we are ready to enthrone him as God overall. Praise the name of the Lord. So this is a moment where you sing with understanding knowing that this is not just praise but it's a moment where we are going to enthrone God to the very maximum and so shall it be in Jesus name.